and welcome to episode two of my podcast, Potophobia. I'm your host, Hayley Brebner, from the little country down the bottom called New Zealand, or as you may know it, the back-to-back champions of the Rugby World Cup. Thought I'd chuck that one in there. But uh, last week, I let the secret out that I had a chronic phobia of feet, and I seeked professional advice from a clinical psychologist. Uh, If you wanted to know the outcome, though, you probably should have listened last week. But if you do want to find out and hear the interview, jump back to an episode and definitely check that out before listening to this one. Okay, so here we go. Time to attack phobia number two. Then I'll be a clean gal. I'll be pretty phobia free. But as I said last week that my next phobia I was going to embrace occurred in Bali. It was my first night there, still adjusting to the time and the bloody heat. It was maybe about 3am and... I was on like a really light sleep because it was like 8 a.m. New Zealand time, so I was ready to wake up. Anyway, this massive horn-like sound echoed through my ear. It sounded so loud, and I woke Emily up, who I was with, and I was losing my shit. I was like, what the actual hell is that noise? I was like running up and down the hallway trying to figure out what it was, honestly. But if you've heard a gecko scream before, I don't really know how to explain other than one of those like dog toys that is a that's a chicken you know when you squeeze them and they go like and then you squeeze and and exhales and it's like (laughs) i probably did that really badly but anyway so we're running around trying to figure out and it turns out that there was a giant gecko on the wall right by our bed head and it the noise was so loud and it took us so long to figure out what it was honestly it was so confusing i feel like such a dick from that noise I just made but if you go on YouTube or Google and just search what they sound like you'll crack up and then you could actually compare about how poorly I sounded just then but anyway so 3am this noise was going apeshit and I was freaking out like didn't know what to do at all I was halfway out the door then it like finally stopped the the sound stopped so I went back and I biffed my shoe at the poor creature but I missed or I did miss Uh, But it ran up the wall and it's like scattered away. But as I was lying there, I had to lie awake with my eyes wide open. I was still so scared because it was in our room somewhere. You know that feeling? You're like, I know you're out there, but I just don't know where you are. So I couldn't drift off to sleep. So I was awake for about half an hour, maybe in 45 minutes. But then I did drift off to sleep. And that's when I realized when I woke up, I was like, I am scared shitless of geckos. So that's what today's podcast is about. I'm embracing my fear of geckos. And I catch up with a lady who works at the Department of Conservation. She's a gecko queen, and I was lucky slash unlucky, I guess you could say, uh, enough to catch up with her and the little devils themselves. Hi, I'm Mifanwe Emini. I'm the team leader for urban ecology at the Wellington City Council. So I look after all the biodiversity and biosecurity functions in Wellington City. Awesome, so you're pretty familiar with the whole gecko situation? I am indeed, I spent quite a bit of time around them, both the ones in captivity and the ones in the wild. Okay, so my fear came about when I was in Bali and it woke me up, the sound of a gecko absolutely screeching. Do your ones make those noises? They don't screech, no. I do have the green geckos, which are also known as the barking geckos, but for them it's kind of a startle response or an alarm call. And because my ones are so used to being around people and so used to being handled, I actually never ever hear them make any noise at all. Okay, that's going to make this a bit easier for me, so should go give it a go? Absolutely. See, what I do with kids who are a bit scared <laughs> is like, should I let them crawl up their front or up their arm? Nah. <laughs> I can just let go out the front of you. Um. So these little guys here, there's absolutely nothing they can do to you. They don't even have teeth. 
so I mean they've just got like a okay. bone plate. So geckos okay. don't even have teeth. There's there's nothing unless you're a fly. They are absolutely yeah. There's absolutely nothing that one of our little native geckos. This is as big as they get as well. So this is great. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fully grown. Okay. So he's fully grown. He's quite an old boy. Um, <laughs> and like moves when it breathes. Yeah, and those little holes, it's just little ears, oh. so he's listening to everything you're saying. Oh, these are the ears. Yep, yep, and just looking around. Because these little ones are, be, are used to being held, then they're just, you know, they don't, little ear, he doesn't move fast, he just kind of sits yeah. there and looks around. He's really, really chilled out. Oh, she was honestly the coolest lady. So much respect for her having those reptiles in her house, especially my main man, JD, who was the daddy reptile, the one that I held. But I think I can say, though, that I managed that phobia a lot better than my foot one, even though the geckos actually moved and slightly, like, crawled. When they shifted their heads, I died a little bit inside. <laughs> but their beady eyes staring at me, I'm, I think I'm bringing the fear home to me right now. But I think I did a pretty good job. I mean, never in my life would I have held one without having someone like her there and in the environment because they're her pets. I would never pick one up from in the bush. Sometimes my cat actually brings geckos in, and that's a definite no. I would never hold one of those. But moral of the story is cheers to Mel, episode one reference. So, you know, if you haven't seen that, jump back an episode. I did the old 5-2 breathing and nailed that. Shit, though, I was surprised at how much that calmed me down. It took me a few attempts, I'm not going to lie. I was so hesitant to hold it. But, I mean, I did it. And I did it for the podcast, you know. I had to commit. I didn't want to freak out, let my fans down. I'll be uploading the full video to my Facebook page, though, Potophobia, so make sure you go check that out. At the start, she was shocked that I wasn't wearing a long sleeve top, and she was like, uh, it's going to be crawling on your arms. <laughs> so I quickly had to chug on a long sleeve, and then I held the hole, like at the end of my sleeve, real tight, just so you know, little JD couldn't sneak on up there. Uh, I looked back at the video, too, and didn't realise that I was actually biting my other sleeve the whole time. But you'll see how calm and chilled I was. Maybe not at the start, but I was still all good. Had my support crew there. Her two daughters were there as well, and they were watching me, so I had to act all, like, big and brave, you know, the big 21-year-old, and these, like, five- and seven-year-olds just, like, staring at me, thinking I was, like, a wuss. But I had to be the bigger person. As I walked in, though, the girls had the geckos sitting on their heads and shoulders, so I was pretty darn spooked out. I would not have done that in a million years. The arm was definitely enough, just, like, posing on my forearm. I would never, ever have it in my hair. And they were so calm and chill that I was like, oh, yeah, and I was like, ah... Like, I froze. How lucky was I, though, that these geckos didn't screech like the ones I copped in Bali? I think that was the worst part about it. But knowing that it was a defensive cry is another factor. The geckos were actually probably more scared of me than I was of him, the ones in Bali. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But at least the ones here, because they've been brought up as pets, and there's like 15 of them in a cage, I think she said. So, you know, bit of fun hour around the joint. So there we have it. Once again, I completed a phobia of mine, and that only lasted about a month as well, so I'm pretty stoked about that. So now that I've actually nailed mine, I wanted to know what other people's phobias were, like cliche or not. I'm pretty curious. What is your biggest phobia in life? Uh, probably sharks. Oi, nah, I actually can't deal with fire. I was semi-trapped in one intermediate, and I shat my pants, and now went everyone like lights a cigarette around me or anything I literally freak out and scream like I don't find it funny at all it's not a joke and balloons I oh just like the sound of them it sounds like a gunshot or something like I hate them and I only learned to blow them up when I was like 17 because I hated them so much 
any creepy crawly really from snakes, um, spiders, centipedes, just anything really with long legs. I am scared of trucks and buses, spiders and fruit. I hate insects because they're small and creepy and you can hardly see them in the dark. I have a fear of like holes and things. I'm pretty sure it's called like definitely something phobia. But when little holes are inside things, it's it's literally disgusting. It's not okay. My auntie has a plant at her house and it's got holes in it and I spewed once at her house. It's so gross. <laughs> no way, those cracked me up so much. Especially that one about the fire and the balloons. 17! 17 years old until she got to blow a balloon up. But that has got me thinking that this girl needs help and I'm going to help her. Next week, I'll embark on the journey of helping this poor girl out with some pretty hectic fears. How did she even do birthday parties? I mean, balloons and then fiery candles. Deprived childhood at its absolute finest. So I'll catch up with Molly between now and next week's episode, see if she's game enough. I mean, I did feet and geckos, so surely she can do balloons and fire. I'll think of a nifty way to help her out. So if you haven't already, jump onto my Facebook page, Potophobia. The video will be up and ready for you to watch. You can watch me struggle. I don't even cry, and you can see how well I did. A massive thank you to Mifenway for allowing me into your gecko habitat and letting me hold it even. Imagine if I'd fully freaked out and thrown poor little JD into the bush and he'd gone and done a runner. I'd feel pretty guilty. But he was so awesome. She was so awesome and a massive factor to helping me conquer yet another fear. So tune in next week for a final blast of phobiaism. I've got over mine with some help from professionals and now it's time for me to give it back. I reckon I'm pretty pro now. So Molly, I'm coming for you and it's going to be a goodie. So tune in next week for a childhood fear reigniting for Molly Ryan. Catch you next week.